So then I went into my boss's office and I stormed in, man. I kicked that door open and I was like, you give me that raise right now or I'm walking out, Jack. Oh my God, then what happened? Then I woke up. Hello and welcome to the You Show Show. It is the show where you show things. I am your host, Kelvin Laser McMurray. And today I am joined by my good friend, Zeke. Hello, Zeke. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. No problem. You are, to me, Zeke, but to some (laughs) others, you are Stephanie Adrian, and to some, you're Stephanie Adrian, also known as Zeke, but to me, you're Zeke first, Stephanie Adrian second. Yes. I did Uh, that on purpose. Yes. What do you think is the, what do you think is the, the percentage ratio, like Zeke's to Stephanie's and Stephanie's to Zeke? 60, no, 40? most of my friends call me Zeke. Like people that know me call me Zeke. Stephanie's more for like professional stuff. So, um, and like my parents even call me Zeke at this point, which is kind of ridiculous. I've heard your mom call you Stephanie, and it, it's one of those things. It's always like uh, for huh? anyone listening. Yeah, it's uh, we always go to a beach house every year uh, in North Carolina, and then, and we're there with Zeke's mom, and every time she says Stephanie, like both Nat and I kind of look at each other and we're like, oh yeah, that one. Like I know her. Yeah, that 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 that's our friend standing right there. That's her. Um, yeah, there's always kind of a collective Scooby Doo noise, like a exactly. But yeah. um, but thank you, thank you for coming on for the show today. Um, my good friend Zeke, uh, she is uh, my girlfriend and I's. Uh, you are one of many of our North Carolina uh, friends. Um, Zeke is a mental health counselor. And mm-hmm. Zeke, you also, uh, you run and operate your own business. Uh, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Uh, yeah, sure. I opened my own counseling practice um, over a year ago now. Uh, it's Fulcrum Counseling and Consultation in North Carolina. And you can find it on the web at www.fulcrumcounselingnc.com. Nice. If anyone's interested in some mental health counseling, and, uh, do you do it online or just like uh, North Carolina people only, or could it be anyone anywhere? Well, thanks to COVID, I am doing everything virtually, but they have to be in North Carolina. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry, guys. Mom, mom. So you other 49 staters, man, you guys are fucked, but everyone else, <laughs> you're, good. you're good to go. Sorry. It's all good. Um, well, um, but yeah, I we we met. Gosh, three, three years ago, four. I don't even know, dog. It's four years ago. Four years ago. Three years ago. On the test, I don't know. It's been for. But we met. You and I. We met. uh, We met on a a picnic table at a bar in North Carolina uh, when (laughs) I had first come. uh, You're very good friends with my my girlfriend uh, Nat, uh, short for Natalie, and. You and Nat met when she lived in North Carolina. So through my girlfriend, you and I met, and that's how we met on a picnic table at a bar in North Carolina three, possibly four years ago. That's amazing. That's so wild. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, it seems like yesterday. And then we also go every year to, um, we go to the Outer Banks. If anyone Mm -hmm. is listening, uh, if you ever need an amazing 10 out of 10 vacation, destination, relaxation, fun place i the outer banks is amazing uh you guys you guys showed me that and i i love it i love going there absolutely love the beach obviously did not go there this year because of this little do ditty known as a pandemic but um oh yeah 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 next year next next year year. hopefully we'll all get our covid shots and we'll be able to go to the beach (laughs) zeke you picked uh you picked uh television television shows to talk about I did. Um, and for me to watch, you picked the wonderful, amazing TV show, Shit's Creek. Oh my God, I love it so much, yes. <laughs> I really liked it too. I thought it was very funny. And then uh, for you to watch, uh, I picked Netflix uh, F is for Family. Mm-hmm. With Bill Burr, and you're like, mm-hmm. And, um... Which I did like. I realize I gave you the impression that I didn't like it, but I did like it. Okay, good. I <laughs> like it too. It's just, it's a bizarre show for sure. It takes a warming up period. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, I would say uh, you are the guest. You are my friend. Do you have a preference, I guess, on which which is today's episode going to be about? Well, I have my notes open for F is for Family. So let's start with that one. Okay. All right. Today's episode is F is for Family. It is a TV show uh, created by Bill Burr. 
the stand-up comedian. We'll get into him in a minute. Um, so I guess let's start with you did like it. I did. I did. Well, so the first episode, I, I finished the first episode being like, Calvin, who hurt you? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> why do you like this so much? Um, but I'm also like, a we're in two very different places watching this like you know i'm a i'm a, a counselor and a mother mm-hmm. and you're a weirdo obviously but yes. no i like i i um i think we had two really different perspectives on it but it definitely that first episode i was just like what did you do to me why are we here yeah yeah it was just it was intense it is intense uh i would so i guess I guess starting at the beginning, it's so again, it's a, it's a show. It is created by the comedian and and I would say at this point, fairly well-known actor. Uh, oh, yeah. He's starting to ramp up in the acting scene as well. He was in uh, Chappelle show, Breaking Bad. He was in the recent um, The King of Staten Island, uh, mm. which actually I think might be um, – my favorite Judd Apatow movie, which is really saying something because I don't really like his movies, but I did really like that. Um, I give it a two thumbs up. I haven't seen up. it. I, I know it's uh, what, uh, Pete, what's his name's in it? Uh, Pete Holmes from uh, Saturday Night Live. And he yeah. does a he does a really good job. You he, I, I really like him. He also has a stand-up as well. I think it's on HBO. Uh, that's really good. He makes a joke about Louis C.K. that I had to pause it. I was laughing. I was laughing <laughs> so hard. But um, but Bill Burr, um, I I've I followed Bill Burr for quite a while because I I I I liked his earlier stand-ups as long. I like his new ones as well. Uh, but as I always like to say, back when he had hair, um, <laughs> always it's always like it's always like. It's always like up and coming. Bill Burr has hair, and then as soon as it's bald, it's like okay, that's where you got famous. Everything after that right. is when people started figuring out who you were. And Obviously, the stress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and Bill Burr is one million percent a comedian. I feel like you either you either love him or you hate him, and I mm-hmm. I understand both spectrums. I do. He is not. He's not for everybody. He's right. very intense. He says things that are not politically correct. He was on Saturday Night Live recently, and he got a little bit of, not trouble, but I guess a little bit of heat. Um, yeah? Yeah, he was, uh, he, was, he was talking about how he's like, because he's always joked for, seriously, probably over 10 years, how he's like, he, almost all of his specials, he's talking about how like more than half the population has to die because there's like too many of us. <laughs> So now there's this pandemic going and he's like, he's like, we gotta, he's like, I gotta get back on that platform. And he made some jokes in the middle of a pandemic that didn't really, I don't, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of different types of people watch SNL and it didn't, it didn't sink very well. I thought it was hilarious, but, you know, again, I, I am who I am. It it (laughs) takes quite a minute to offend me. So, um, so I guess, do you, like, besides obviously it's a family, like, Going into it, did you did you know anything about the show, or did you know anything about Bill Burr? No, I knew I knew absolutely nothing, and in fact, I didn't know that Bill Burr was like I didn't know who was associated with it. I just went in completely blind. I had seen some ads for it, but i i didn't I didn't expect what I got in that first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's not a bad thing. I mean, it was much more um, realistic to an extent, right? I mean, obviously there are several caricatures and uh, stereotypes used, but like uh, it was much uh, more serious than I thought it was going to be. Like I expected more, more levity from it. And I, the one thing it's the weirdest thing about the show. We'll get into the synopsis, I guess in a minute, but it's, it's yes, it's a, it's, it's an over the top cartoon It's animated. Mm hmm. And you kind of hate everyone in it. <laughs> and then there just comes these moments, though, where you're like, actually, I really like these people. Very, 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 very specific select moments. And then it, right. it just goes back into the trenches of like, oh, yeah, everything in life is shit. Thanks for reminding me, Bill Burr. I appreciate <laughs> it, buddy. Um, yeah, thanks for that reality check, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need when i it, just trying to relax on my couch. Um so I guess the show, well, I guess, what's the show, what's it about? I, you know, it's, 
It takes place in the 70s. I think it starts in 1973, because I had just rewatched it for this. Uh, and I right. saw 1973 was on the answering machine. Um, <laughs> and it is, it is, it's loosely based off of Bill Burr's life, because the, the, mm-hmm. the middle child, the middle son, A, has red hair, like Bill Burr, right. and B, uh, his name is William. Um, and then they've changed their last name to Murphy, so it's the Murphy family, and it is, uh, if you follow Bill Burr's comedy over the years, um, he's told jokes about his father a lot. And, and those jokes that he's made throughout the years are the things that his dad says. The character Frank, the father figure in the show, voiced by Bill Burr, is exactly that. So you can tell this uh. is a very, very, I would say, loose general story of his family and maybe some of the things that he had to deal with growing up. Right. With the emphasis being, uh, you know, Frank, the father, who is the main character of the story. And from there, um, I guess, what is it about? It's about a... it's about a family. I There we go. It's about That's a family. It. And, and the thing that I think is really interesting is that both the shows that we picked are mm-hmm. about families, mm-hmm. like like specifically about families that don't communicate very well. Um, but yeah, so you've got, uh, I mean, you've got Frank Murphy and his wife, Sue, and three kids. So Kevin's the oldest, and then Bill, who's 14. Yep. And then Maureen, who's their little girl. Yep. I don't know. Maureen's got to be like, what, seven or eight? I mean, she's younger. She's the youngest, yeah. So yeah. somewhere somewhere in that range. Um, and um, that's uh, his wife, Sue, is that's Laura Dern, uh, which is yeah. amazing. Um, she She's is, awesome. Is, yes. Um, and then I also <laughs> love that Kevin is Justin Long of, like, all yes. the people in the world. They got him. And, and I remember watching the show – and I was like, I'm like, I know that voice. Like, but I, oh, yeah. it, I had to look it up. Like, cause I think I watched the whole season, the first season in one night. I was kind of excited for the show. Cause I, cause I, I like Bill Burr. Um, well, and they're, they're like 30 minute episodes. And I don't think I realized that there's only six episodes in the first season. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was watching it and watching it. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm like on the third episode of the second season. <laughs> what happened here? Um, so it goes by quick. And I think the second season, I think they start expanding. I think there's more episodes in the second season. And I, so. I actually, I haven't even had time. I haven't had time to watch the third one yet. Um, I think it just came out. Um, there's four. The fourth season just came out. Oh, man. On Netflix. Man, I am, I am so far behind that. I don't even, maybe I did watch the third season. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I do. I, I'm terrible with TV shows. That's I, okay. I, I have my cheat sheet open. I actually have Netflix open on my computer because I... I'm terrible with names and stuff. Oh, me too. Um, so there's 10 episodes in the second season, yeah. What the fuck did you do, you pyromaniac? It was an accident. An accident is clipping a guy changing his tire on the interstate who was wearing dark clothes and he didn't light a flare. Then it turns out he's a cop. So it'll be his word against yours. Well, who do you think the judge is going to believe, huh? So you keep going and you get your fender painted in a different state. That is an accident. But the first season is... Uh... Is about it's about it's about Frank, this dad who uh, is just pretty much he's 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 your all American dad. He uh, he he joined the military. Yeah. He fought for our country. Um, yep, he was in the Korean War. He has mm-hmm. a, a wife and three kids, and he he lives in a nice suburban home. And right from that, it's like yeah, everything should seemingly be fine, right? <laughs> And then we go into their house and you begin to see the cracks of this family. And I think that is where the show will kind of make or break people because it, by all definition, is a family television show. It's just not family friendly. Um, Right. You know, all those... All those like family TV shows uh, growing up in the 90s, it was always at the end of the episode, uh, the daughter returned the stolen hairbrush to the mall and the family pardoned her and they all hugged and it was great. And this show's like, no, that's not not happening here. Um, This show is like if you steal 
the dad's gonna scream at you, threaten to conduct physical violence on you, and then I'm gonna probably put you the- through a wall. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. I don't know how many times he says that. I that is my. I'm glad you said it. Build a wall and put you through it. <laughs> that is my favorite. My favorite line in the whole show. There is in the last episode of the. This is no spoilers or anything. But the the last episode of the first season. He's outside yelling at his kids, and <laughs> um, and he says something like, he's like, I swear to God, I'm going to put you through a fucking wall. And then Kevin's like, Dad, we're outside. There aren't even walls out here. And he's like, you could start building walls right now, and you could build them for 10 years straight, and there still wouldn't be enough fucking walls that I couldn't put you through. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so help me God. If I started building walls today and didn't stop for the next 10 years, there still wouldn't be enough of them to fucking put you through! So here's this man who incites violence on his children. And and then, and then I, to me, the show is a dumb comedy cartoon, but there are themes in this show. They're not super deep. They're not super challenging, but they're there. I don't know. Some of them are. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. But the one thing that I, the, the reason that I do, I like the show for a couple of reasons, but one of the reasons that I like it is that it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a show. Okay. So every good show has your hero. And obviously as story mm-hmm. developed over time, we, uh, we were granted the anti-hero. Um, mm-hmm. Characters uh, uh, like Walter White from Breaking Bad. You could say uh, uh, Don Draper uh, from Mad Men. Sure. Tony Soprano uh, from The Sopranos. These are people that do terrible things to other human beings, and you're not, you know, you're not rooting for them, but you you need to see where they go. Um, right. A classic example is uh, uh, Patrick Bateman from uh, American Psycho. Um, the director of that movie, <laughs> Diane, I can't remember her last name, she said in a lot of interviews that people would come up to her and they would say things like, um, you know, I identify with Patrick Bateman because they think he's a cool guy. You know, he's rich and he's sexy and he's got good hair and he's whatever and he, he kills people. And she said that, like, she said literally people... Yeah, but does her. he? No, go ahead. Exactly, Sorry. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, no, he's fucked up. Like, and she would say that to these people that said that to her. Like, why would you, why would you tell anyone in this world that you relate to Patrick Bateman? <laughs> he's used as a vessel, as a warning label to the rest of society of what not to be. And and, right. and Frank, our main character, is exactly that. If you want to take a course on not how to father and, in my opinion, not how to <laughs> husband, watch this show because he is just the epitome of being an asshole. Is he ignorant? Yes. And does that excuse him? No. But I would no. say that's his rationale behind it is because, again, he lived the American life. He has some weird vision in his head i think of how his life and the life is supposed to be um oh no i mean he legitimately thinks he's doing the right thing mm -hmm. you know like he thinks he's doing things the best way he can and like even though he talks about violence to his kids i don't know that we ever see him commit violence on Mm -hmm. his kids do we like we never actually see anybody like he doesn't actually hit anybody i don't at least not his kids during the course of it i don't think he starts he starts fights with other people adults but i don't think he ever oh yeah there's his kids yeah he yeah he beats the shit out of like a couple people clear that like he doesn't he doesn't actually hit his kids he just it's it's his like way of trying to maintain power in the home right Yeah, yeah because he's obviously just like lost complete control of his life yes exactly yes um, and so then it's, so I, the one thing that I, I can see, one of the themes is that then, so he, like you were just saying, he, he, he doesn't do violence, but he talks about it. He's angry 24 yeah. seven. And as a result, you can see it generational, generationally passed down to his kids. Get away from her. I can't breathe. You just got the wind knocked out of you. I bet I can go higher this time. Jesus Christ, Maureen, what's wrong with you? All day long, if it's not one thing, it's another. I'm just trying to protect you. Do you have a death wish, you stupid fuck? <laughs> um, his kids and even his wife all do it. And, right. you know, whether is he the source, the stem, I don't know. But it's kind of, you know, easy to say yes. Um mm-hmm. And so it's a really bizarre show because it's like if you watch it, 
you know, should you root for this guy? Should you feel bad for this guy? I I don't really know. Like, what do you think? I mean, it's it's interesting because I, I thought about it a lot. <laughs> a lot. Because I didn't want to... You, you recommended this show to me because it's something you really love. And I didn't want to just, like, shit all over it. So <laughs> I was like... No, I really and and it as I watched it, it definitely changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Right, like you you get a lot more of the background story of why Frank is Frank, and that makes a big difference to me personally. That like knowing about his experiences in Korea, which are um, only really alluded to. Yeah, right. Like they never show flashbacks or anything really, but he'll say stuff like. <laughs> I didn't die on a battlefield in Korea for 10 (laughs) minutes to put up with your bullshit. And it's just like, whoa, dude, you went through some serious drama. Yeah. You know, and you also get the impression that maybe his dad was physically violent. Like his dad was that kind of dad that he pretends to be, but he doesn't really have the heart to follow through on it. Like, or not the heart. He has too much heart to follow through on it. And that's what kind of endeared me to him over the course of the series was that you start seeing these moments of, of reflection in him where he's like, Oh fuck, what have I done? You know, or like, what am I doing? And he tries to make amends. Yeah. Of course he goes back and does other fucked up stuff, but like, you know, he kind of wavers in between and it, and it makes him seem more realistic Mm -hmm. than just being, um, like straight up a bad dude, you know, like, He's not he's not a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Who, he's a he's a like a, a, a neutral person. He's like mm-hmm. just a person in the world who's trying to do the best he can. And it just feels like he's one of those. Um, he's 100 percent one of the like the Sisyphus characters that the second he gets the boulder to the top of the hill, man, it just rolls right back down. And <laughs> and I feel like he's a. He's aware of it, but he doesn't accept it. And so I think that's that's a lot of his because, you know, he can't accept. You see a lot in the show. You, you The one thing I will say about his character is he, there is there's things of acceptance that he is 100 percent not on board. Um, right. And there is a lot of um, there's a lot of clues hidden in the show also to that. Um, you know, there's. Um, TV shows with people of color and it's just this like it's just because it's from the 70s where they used to just say like crazy shit that just would not fly at all today oh yeah issues with women um there's a scene uh where it's Halloween and Maureen is like I want to be Mr. Peanut and he's like that's a man and then she's like I want to be an astronaut and he's like that's a man I want to be you know a vampire he's like that's a man and then the wife Sue says well someday women will go to outer space and he just looks at her and he's like why would you why would you encourage our daughter like that we all know it's not happening so it's just again it's like right these acceptance and i feel like um like this it's i'm i like that the show set in the 70s because i feel like the 60s and 70s was a very radical time in america where these issues blew up it's like the big bang of you know um the start uh, of a lot of issues that we're still obviously you know still dealing with today but it started heavily in the 60s and 70s and i feel like right. somebody who, you know, he, like Frank probably, I just feel like he grew up in like a small town and yeah, his dad was just, his dad was everything. Whatever his dad said, that just happened. And they, they, they stayed in the town and they went to like town dinners and now they're in an era where music is getting weirder and art is getting more bizarre and drug influence is starting to take hold of this country. And so it's again, it's like this moment where it's like you almost feel kind of bad for him because he's getting left behind. Right. But it's also like... Well, that's also the problem is because he's maybe willingly or unwillingly choosing to stay behind, that's what's making him angry. So it's this really kind of bizarre, weird catch-22. Um, well, he, yeah, he had this idea that he was supposed to have this life. Mm-hmm. And then he did everything he was supposed to do, got the life, and it's not what he wanted. And then everybody else is moving on. Like the newer generation is moving on to a different kind of ideal and mm-hmm. he's like but this was supposed to be it yeah you know? mm-hmm. and and of course like his job doesn't make things any i think if he had a regular steady 
job that he made enough money at, it would make everything different. Oh, a million percent. And, and I think he thinks that too, you know? Yeah. And so if you haven't seen the show, he works um, He works for Mohican Airways, um, <laughs> who make super, super racial advertisements. They're just like, oh my God. Unbelievable. It's on again. How? Does Mohican have the best comfort? How? Has Mohican been named top Great Lakes region airline four years running? How? No, Chief Feathercorn. The question isn't how, but when. When will you fly Mohican? Mohican Airways. Your comfort is our chief concern. Blinker? No! The 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 job is miserable, and I feel like, um... That's definitely a yeah a point to him. The show, the story, and his character is that um, um, it's it's a it's a miserable job, and it creates the the one other theme of the show is kind of its duality, uh, mm-hmm. picking the right side. Um, and Frank is is forced to look at he gets a promotion for a very funny reason why he gets promoted, and now he has you know kind of the um, he has his union at the airway to, to, to look out after he's got the, what do you call it? Like the, the baggage people, the, the people that are a little bit more, I guess, bottom, bottom yeah, like baggage handlers. Yeah. yeah. And they want obviously, you know, better benefits. I don't think they want a pay increase. I think they just want like more paid time off and better sec leave. And, um, and so he's yeah. stuck in the middle between them and then the upper management who is saying basically, you know, don't, don't you need to put them in their place. Um, and it's stressful because he wants to get promoted. He wants to move ahead in his career. Um, but then he also cares about the people because that's where he came from. And then that duality right. is also then split even later on as the show goes on between his job himself and his family. Um, right. And so that theme is there of when you pick a side, you really got to, you, you have to be careful because um, if, if you picked the wrong side, you could wind up like this man, you know, and that's the last thing um, anybody wants. Um, And you also find out that he wanted to be a pilot. mm -hmm. And, and then that didn't happen because Sue got pregnant. Yep. By accident. By accident. And then he like ended up working at the airplane at the airport handling baggage and it's mm-hmm. just like, oh god okay yeah. fair enough yeah i understand why i get why he's pissed yep. i mean like i understand why he's unhappy <laughs> yeah it slowly makes sense as the more and more you watch it. everyone he works with is like a complete moron oh yeah right? like everyone is an idiot i i really thought it was very funny in the second episode when he takes Kevin, his oldest son, who's what, 17, <laughs> uh-huh. 16, 17? I think he's 16. He takes him to the airport as like a punishment, mm-hmm. right? For for failing school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and his son just ends up going and getting stoned with the baggage handler. Yep. And it's just like, oh man. Like Frank tries so hard. Yeah. And then it also kind of becomes fuel for Kevin to kind of make fun of him later too. So it, even that kind of like backfires on him. You know, it was supposed to be this lesson, but then he's like, "Yeah, look at how big of a douche my dad is." You know, and it's like, "Oh shit!" It also gives them a chance. Again, spoilers, guys. Yeah, you signed up for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, it gives Kevin a chance to stand up for his dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Like his dad's getting berated by somebody and Kevin steps in and like saves the day. And then they get in the car and they make fun of how stupid this old lady was. Mm-hmm. And it like it's the first time you see a bonding moment between them. Yep. And that was the first redemptive moment for me in this show was like watching them watching him connect with his son for just like a hot second on something. And then yeah. immediately back to like, fuck you, fuck you. Uh-huh. And like I gotta tell you, I, I, I just don't get it. Dad, you can't understand progressive rock for the first time. You gotta keep listening. No, I don't. When you get to be my age, you can recognize bullshit right out of the gate. 
the kids in the show. Dude, the kids in the show. They're funny. Um, that's really good. That scene too, I actually really like because he lets he lets so they 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 leave the airport and they're driving back to the house and they let he lets Kevin play his favorite band. Um, oh my God, it's the, what is it called? The, the Cheshire of Frodo. Oh God, it's like the, yeah, like Shire of Frodo the Shire or something Frodo, like that. That's and it. Like, yeah. It's just awful. <laughs> yeah, it's that like um it's that seventies like new wave um what, like fantasy rock? I never Yeah, it's like it's like fantasy rock. It's terrible and like and it's like it's the, the it's the dudes from um Spinal Tap. It's the same it's the same it's essentially it's the, same the same thing. thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. like long ago in a forest far away. <laughs> oh god, it's so bad. They go to a concert later. Mm-hmm. They get put like, off. The guys get pulled off the stage and the guys who take over are like are like the sexy British band that's mm-hmm. like, ooh, you know, sex you up. And it's so funny that they're just like, this is dumb, I'm out of here. And I love though that Frank, he's he's like, he's Kevin's he puts on the tape and Kevin says something, he's like, dude, you gotta he's like, would you listen to this music? He's like, you gotta you gotta listen to it, you know, several times to understand it. And Frank just looks at him and he goes, No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> a little bit of life experience makes that. It's like, no. But no, that's, again, that's the heart. That's the heart of the character. Because, again, yeah, you know, I I couldn't imagine being a father. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, like, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 33 now. And I'm already at that point where, like, I'm starting to hear pop music. And I don't get it. You know, I don't hate it. I'm not one of those people that's like, you fucking kids are calling Like, I get it. And I don't you, understand what the kids are talking about anymore. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm already there. So it's like, again, it's like, it's really cool. He's a dad that he puts his kid in a car and he drives with him. He lets him play his favorite band, which is pretty terrible. Um, and again, it goes into the like, is this a guy that I'm supposed to care about? And I think um, I've always kind of felt too, it would be interesting to watch this with say like my parents or people a little bit more of their age not to you know somebody who lived in the era though i mean like yeah that would be because that was you know like like my parents were born in the 50s mm-hmm. so were in their 20s in the 70s and like you know it's yeah i think it'd be interesting to see what they think <laughs> because all i could think of was like eight is enough and like the that era of sitcoms too mm-hmm where things were very different. Like, like those, those did not age well. <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, it's like, it's like those, it's, it's the answer to the re the, 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 the family television show, you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's, it's everything that is the complete opposite of all those happy, good feel TV <laughs> shows of the seventies, eighties and nineties. Um, but um but yeah it's definitely it's very vulgar um yeah but um but i i recommend the show would you maybe recommend it oh yeah definitely i okay. i would recommend the show i and and i say <laughs> i really so the, the listener doesn't know this but we had this phone call about what like a month ago when we started mm-hmm, watching these mm-hmm. and i just i know that i gave you the impression that i was like i hate this so much but like as a, after we had that call was when i started watching like the second episode, I think this show definitely the first season is growing pains. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then as we get into other seasons and we start to like really get little bits and pieces of background, it, it makes you care more about the characters. And I definitely would recommend, I, I tell everybody whenever I recommend a show, I'm like, give it at least a three episode test. Yeah. Like the, the If you watch the first episode of this show, you're not going to, if you're not hooked, you're not going to, like you'll get hooked if you watch a couple more episodes. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I um I would say anyone that anyone that if you're a fan of Bill Burr and you haven't seen the show, I do I do recommend it. But I would venture to bet most Bill Burr fans probably already have. Um, well, we were we've talked so much about Frank mm-hmm. and like w- w- we haven't really addressed the uh, like the other characters in the show, which are where a lot of the humor lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not so much with Frank, but with like the kids. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor kids, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like the, the kids, so Maureen especially, the youngest child, hangs out with these neighbor kids <laughs> who are like, 
from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> yes. Neglected children. Yeah, heavily like, neglected children. Like, I don't know how old this kid is, but he's too old to be in a diaper. And that diaper should have been changed like a week ago. Right. Like he's just in this loaded diaper and a, and a too small t-shirt. Yep. And they're just, they're such a caricature of like, um, lower income. Mm hmm households i mean i think i think they call them trailer trash but like oh yeah but like they were <laughs> they're just these kids that are always i don't know like they were stuffing they were he was wearing a sheet of asbestos as a catcher's vest yep. and like and you know just using it simultaneously as a cup also and he pulls it out of his cup. diaper and it's like oh my god oh my god it was so but it's so that's where a lot of the humor is is with these kids and maureen is just like fuck you i'm out and like leaves and goes to hang out. There's a, what is it? The, this is the second episode, I guess, um, where he leaves Bill in charge of Maureen, and mm -hmm. Maureen's just like, I'm gonna climb this tree and fall onto a roof and land on a pile of leaves, and kind of everything she does, she is fine. Yes. <laughs> but, like, but he's so, panicking frantically the entire time because he knows his dad's gonna just do horrible things if the daughter gets hurt because he left well, him in charge. Okay, if anything bad happens to her, I want you to call me at work. Okay, buddy? Sure, Dad. Good. Because then I will come right home and I will put you through that fucking wall. Have a great day, Princess. And Bill is the heart of this show, mm -hmm. right? He's the one that you're really supposed to feel for, right? This kid goes through <laughs> trauma after trauma after trauma, like... There's a scene at the at the football game yes. <laughs> where he goes in the men's restroom by himself. Yep. And it's just like, can you I just want I just want to paint this picture for the listener. Like this kid is at crotch height. Yeah. In a bathroom that has a huge trough. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been in one of those bathrooms, but I've heard horror stories. Uh, yes. And and there's all these men pissing and like there's one guy vomiting and yep. like he just walks in. And decides that he doesn't have to pee and walks back out again. Traumatized like, by the sight, yeah. Eyes and and all I could think was like, oh, you poor baby. Yep. So I've, I've got a son who's two, and like, I was just like, can't imagine <laughs> Jack in that scenario. Yep. And I'm like, why is his dad not with him? And like, it's just so... I don't know. So poor Bill. Poor Bill goes through so much. And yes. he like tries so hard to be a good kid but like kevin's the fuck up and maureen's the baby girl and bill just has this like immense middle child syndrome daddy bill fucked his cereal at me knock it off bill she started it well i started you and i can end you be nice to your sister someday you'll be sleeping on her couch after your first divorce oh for sure and he he his character i would say has the most like life you know, the outside world introduced unto him. Right. I mean, he has, like, friends, and he has one friend who's a complete coward. Yeah, uh -huh. so, yes. He's like, every time somebody beats me up, I just curl into a ball and sing Hot Cross Buns. And he's like, he's like, oh, what's the lie? He's like, I, I, I poked my baby brother's soft spot of his skull once, and I'm pretty certain that's why he can't read. It's just like, oh my god, this show, this show is insane. The show doesn't, the show doesn't care at all. And, um, but yeah, Bill is definitely he's not our main character, but he's definitely the heart of the show. Um, and I feel like, I feel like, it, I, you know, I haven't, I obviously the show, I don't think the show, the show's not done yet, and I kind of have a mm -hmm. feeling like his character is gonna be that. The character that kind of goes through the arch of, like, seeing all of this crazy, bizarre shit and kind of, like, claps his hand and is like, all right, I'm out. Because yeah. there are some people, and I can definitely say that I've done that with, with my family, where it's like, I just clap and it's like, I got to go. I can't. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I had to go do all of my own adventures. Uh, and I feel like right. that, that he's that character as well. Um, another character that I really like, and you get to know her more in the later seasons, but she is introduced in the first season, uh, is Ginny. Ginny. She is the, uh, wife who's always, she's got that. She's got, I can't do it. She's got that Uber accent, that upper Wisconsin. Oh God. Is this the one with the husband? Uh huh. 
The wife with the husband, of course. Yeah, yep. no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, every time I see her, I'm cracking up. A, because that accent, I'm from Wisconsin. Um, I never would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, you can not You can hear it now. Anyone that's not from Wisconsin is like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we we know, Calvin. Everyone from Wisconsin is like, you sound horrible to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, she her character is hilarious because that character, one million percent, exists in Wisconsin right now. Like Jenny is alive and well in Wisconsin right now. She's this character where you, uh, you go up to her, you, you know, Hey, how you doing? Oh, my husband. And 20 minutes later, you're still standing there and she's still complaining and venting about her life. And she's got this very funny Wisconsin accent. I would say Midwest accent. Oh my God. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. and then we figure out, but they even hint, cause I just rewatched the first season for this, for the show. They hint very, very, very subtly as to the problem in her and her husband's relationship. She oh. says, uh, she, you know, oh, I even cut my hair short and wore aftershave for him. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't catch it the first time. But rewatching, oh, I, I was like, it. I was like, oh, I, I get that joke now because I know where this is headed. Um, oh, Yeah. <laughs> terrible oh it's beyond terrible <laughs> it's so funny though no but it's it's completely true and that is also so era specific when we talk about like i mean like you know gay being a thing at oh, all yeah. mm-hmm. was just starting to become part of the lexicon at that point oh yeah and like the thing that i the thing about the show the thing people always say like you know people that don't understand you know I don't understand transgender people because, you know, it wasn't a thing when I grew up. And it's like, no, 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 it was. You just didn't see it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of very, 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 very heavy and very serious reasons, it wasn't It wasn't talked about. It was very, very pushed in the closet. Obviously, women's rights, homosexuality rights, these things, they just weren't talked about. And that there are little things in this show, I think, that do a great job that show that. You know, that... Right. Um, mm-hmm. No, this person is 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 gay. You just well, not you, the audience member, but you, the character, uh, don't know right. it because again, you're willfully uh, ignorant to to well, the subject. She wants to save her marriage, and to be honest, her husband's very attractive. I mean, mm-hmm. for a cartoon character, and mm-hmm. like, you kind of wonder why they're together to begin with, and mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, that's right, she's his beard. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get it. Makes sense now. Um, there's also uh, other characters. There's the neighbor, um, Vince. Vic, that's it. I almost Vic. said Vincent. Um, Who's Sam Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. I have to look him up because I, I'm really good at recognizing voices and faces, but I don't know people's names, mm-hmm. which is why I have my GG next to me. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had I wrote that down. I was like, Vic, it's Sam Rockwell is in my notes, um, who I love and everything he does. Mm-hmm. But Same. But yeah, Vic is... Because Vic sounds like... What, what's I thought he was I, the, when I first started watching the show. I thought it was Matthew McConaughey. Right, he's definitely made to sound like Matthew McConaughey, but like, like specifically Matthew McConaughey of an era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, all right, all right, all right. Like that, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yep. Victor, look at you, all grown up. Oh, my sweet Jesus. It's Miss Saunders. I can't believe my eyes. You two know each other? Oh, yeah. Miss Saunders was my lunch lady at Eisenhower High. And he was my special after-school helper. Remember how he cleaned the kitchen? Yeah, you fucked the shit out of me. Jesus Christ, Vic! Show some respect! Uh, sorry, neighbor. It's not me speaking, it's my chi. And Vic works for the local radio station. He's a total cocaine-fueled party animal. Oh, my God. Who also, again, actually probably has the most heart out of anyone in the whole show. He's so sweet. Mm -hmm. And he, too, is another (laughs) character where, like, he even at one point in one episode, he says it twice in one of the episodes. He says to Frank, he says something to him. He's like, like, do you get what I'm saying? And Frank looks at him. He's like, I never understand what you're saying because they could not be... Any, they're the two most farthest characters ever to exist. You know, here's this right. very militant-stricken <laughs> man uh, next to a cocaine-fueled kind of hippie radio rock star, like, and they're neighbors, and that right there is well, just and, hilarious in itself. Well, and Vic doesn't have a family, 
And he like, he always has these bimbos around him that are like topless on the back of his motorcycle mm-hmm. or topless in the seat of his sports car, topless on his boat. You know, like they're, he's surrounded by these women all the time, but I don't know how there's several times where he says to Frank, man, you got it all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think he means it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I really get this feeling that even though Vic loves his life, obviously, yeah. like he kind of wishes he had Frank's life. Like mm-hmm. he kind of wishes he had a wife and kids and like, a family, but you know, of course his lifestyle doesn't exactly lead him in that direction. No. And that's another thing that they, they go into in the show as well is, um, uh, yeah, Vic, Vic says several times, like you were just saying, Hey, you got a, you got a wife and kids and that's awesome. Even Ginny, uh, when she's complaining about her, her husband, she says something to Sue to the effect of like, I'm sorry, my life can't be perfect like yours. But now that we've sat here for several episodes watching this family, their life is, far from perfect but then i think that's the point of the show in right. a weird way is that it it's it's the family dynamic is tough it's tough to be uh, a parent it's tough to be a brother it's tough to be a sister it's tough to be a child it's tough to be a husband and a wife all these things and so i think in a very weird way that's kind of what the show's about it's about saying if you have or came from a fucked up family that's kind of normal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because they're definitely the most normal, air quotes, normal family on their block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everybody else is way weirder. But they're they're that, like, kind of like Norman Rockwell outside. Yeah. But we're getting this inside view. And Sue. Oh, my God, Sue. Uh, Sue I, I like feel Sue. for her. Yeah. That, like, early on they talk about her. She's selling something. It's essentially... It's Plastaware. Plastaware. <laughs> I was going to say, it's essentially Tupperware. Yeah, it's a pyramid DM, scheme. Right? But it's a pyramid scheme. It's completely in, like, I don't know if you've done much, like, research into multi-level marketing or, like, there was a really cool podcast called The Dream. Okay. And they the whole first season was about multi-level marketing, and it was, like, like blew my mind. Um, because I, I mean, like I sold Avon when I was a teenager and like my growing up in the Midwest, you know, I grew up in Kansas and, and like all my family sold Shackley vitamins and like mm-hmm. people, you know, Tupperware and, um, yep. my mom, uh, Avon my, and Mary Kay. Yep. And, yep. Yep. My mom had a friend and it was like once every three months she was throwing one of those parties for Tupperware right. or yeah, makeup products or something. And after a while, I remember my mom was like, dude, fuck this. Like, yeah. I, like it's just, you just show up and it's like buy stuff. It's like, this isn't a party you're trying to sell me. Well, and the thing is like the thing that they talk about, and I hate to like boost another podcast on your podcast, but like, but it, when they talk about in the dream is that this was directly focused on like middle-aged housewives to be able to earn money because they couldn't work, but they could work from home and do all this stuff. And it's just such a scam. Oh yeah. Um, and like the first, can I tell you, can I talk about this scene, this scene where she's packaging up her plasticware to sell Yeah. and she's a little checklist and she's humming to herself and she seems like she's so happy. And like, this is her happy place. The family is gone. She's tidying and putting everything where it needs to be and putting little bows on it and getting it ready to ship. And then she just takes a bowl and puts it over her head and screams. Yep. Screams. And just sobs her eyes out. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just like, oh, Sue. Oh, my God. I feel you so hard right now. Like you poor woman. Yes. You poor woman who's, like, just trying to have a little bit of security for herself. And a little bit. And also, you realize that she knows she knows that her like she's not living this beautiful Betty Crocker life where she thinks her husband's perfect. Yeah. She knows he's a fuck up and she knows that things are gonna go wrong, and that's why she's stashing this like little pouch of cash <laughs> in a plastic container labeled liver in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's gonna fucking go in there, right? <laughs> yep. Because nobody cooks but her. And like, oh god, it's just insane. But her this whole thing with plastiware is so funny. Oh, because oh my her god. Like her boss is, is just like you know you can go like I don't know you just go do all the stuff and she's like sure yeah she she just has to do it throwing all the responsibility on Sue and um, Sue is is I think a 
again, kind of like going back to like the like the radicalization of the seventies was, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like her character again. This is never talked about, so this is a pure assumption. But you know, again, probably her parents, her mom stayed at home and cooked and clean. And it's, it's, it's when things are generational like that and it's in, it's embedded in you from hundreds of years of ancestors behind you. I feel like, you know, she is definitely a character that wants to change that. And he, you know, again, is it, it's easy to sit here and just laugh. Okay. She's selling plastic wear in a pyramid scheme and it's horrible. Absolutely. But it's also like, those are the first steps towards progress. And right. so for yeah. that, I really do like her character. She, I love it. Well, and, and you find out this isn't in season one. Is it okay if I do a season two? <laughs> yeah. Oh, a million percent. Yeah. I no guess spoiler. we're going into spoilers definitely at this point, people. So, so if you want to watch, if you, we'll say this, if you want to watch Ever's family and you want nothing spoiled at this point, Maybe it's too late. Yeah, we're too <laughs> far in. Sorry, but we're gonna definitely be talking about spoilers. So anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. So later on no, in season two. So in in like this is in the first couple episodes of season two. They start talking a little bit about their like uh, Frank and Sue's um, dating mm-hmm. period, and like the, we get some flashbacks to that era. And she's like studying like astrophysics. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's like super effing smart. And she just gave up all of that to be a housewife. And and so, like, that that puts all of this plastiware shit in, like, into perspective. Uh-huh, yeah. That, like, oh, my God, this is what you have to do, you know? So, anyway. It's the best thing, and it's sad because it's the worst thing, you know? <laughs> it's the worst thing. But Sue is also, she occasionally is, like, the person who... She she gets what what I like is like the mama voice right mm-hmm. where she's just like everybody sit the fuck down yeah. the fuck out yeah. your shit together yeah. because yeah. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and I also love those moments where Frank is trying to like um, what's the word I'm looking for like uh, appease like like uh, appeal to where he's like yeah yeah sweetheart everyone everyone listen to your mom and. Like, oh, look, your your mom made frozen dinners again because she's really busy with her job named plasticware. I, I love this steak. And she's like, it's pork. And he's like, even better. I love pork. You know, like, <laughs> he, tries. he tries so it's hard. so empty. And all the kids are just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And Kevin's just stoned the whole time. So whatever. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And listening to Cher Frodo. And um, <laughs> I love to when... Um, oh, go ahead. Sue is... Um, she's offered a full-time job at Plastiware and Frank kind of, you know, he ruins it. He gets on the phone with her boss and says, oh, no, she's not interested, but he's, you know, obviously lying. Um, and he says, no, she's not, she's not interested in the job, you know, without her permission because he doesn't want her going to work because he needs her to be a stay-at-home mom. It's his own intention, ambition, you know, th- thrown upon her. And right. she finds out and... um like you were saying again, like that that mom voice is there's like it's like the mom the mom thing. Obviously, I'm not a mother, but I've had a mother in my life of the right. You have been affected, yeah, by uh, the mom voice at some point or another. And one of my favorites is she just she just she when she finds out what he did, she stands up, gets her car keys, and just leaves. And they <laughs> find her at the baseball. At the baseball thing where the thing like throws the balls at you, the batting cage, and she's just oh. striking balls. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, yep. Yeah. And the guys are like, can you come home? We're hungry. Like, yep. Exactly. Like, we don't know how to function without you. And that's the real thing is like, it, the minute she leaves the home, it's gone. Every time Frank is left alone with the children, he's just like, I don't know what to do with you guys. Even though all three kids are capable of wiping their own asses at this oh, point, yeah. he still doesn't know what the hell to do with them. But it's like that weird, like orderly control issues that he has of, right? You know, unless it's exactly as I want it, it's incorrect. And um, I like to the moments where he just snaps and goes out of reality. Like there's the one episode <laughs> where, so again, Sue hit, Sue has left. She's out of the house, and uh, it's Halloween. And he is giving the kids fucking baked ziti <laughs> in their in their Halloween buckets and trash. And you can even hear one of the kids, because it's like fresh out of the oven. You can even hear one of the kids like, oh, you're melting my chocolate. 
<laughs> he just snaps and does the dumbest shit. It's so good. I mean, it, it really is good. It really is good. It's got heart in the weirdest places. That's that's what I like about it. And I feel like, you know, I feel like that's 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 just life, you know? Like, all the people that I love and all the people that I care about, I've argued with them, you know? Um, and you still find ways to, to connect and, and to stay with them. And, and the show definitely does that. And I think it encourages it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to say that no matter how bad things get, that's life. That's normal. Um, we were talking about Vic and like my favorite scene of Vic of all time is the end of of episode six where he's talking to Frank. It's Christmas mm-hmm. day. I think Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Yep. And Frank is just in a shit place. He's absolutely terrible. And Vic is giving him a pep talk with no shirt on, poked out of his mind in the front. And then this reindeer shows up. Yep. And Vic's like, uh-oh. And the reindeer is obviously also on drugs. Yes. And he just goes, I gotta handle something real quick. Look, man, you're just having a bad night. And like the final scene is a zoom out, like a sky shot of Vic chasing this fucking reindeer all around the cul-de-sac. Chasing a yeah, an acid drugged up yeah. reindeer. Oh, just absolutely it was so funny. It that that was the first I don't know, I think that was the first like absolute guffaw I had was just like lost my shit at that moment. It was so funny. I love to, again, it's just like, it's in, what I like about his character is just like the blatant truth uh, of it all because he just, he doesn't care. Um, and <laughs> it's the same scene where he's outside on Christmas Eve because again, like we kind of spoke about earlier, he's a, he is alone. He has a trillion friends, but you know, they're not family. They're not his loved ones. Um, so he's alone on Christmas Eve after he just threw this huge party and uh, he's, yeah, he's outside and he's trimming his hedges <laughs> alone, wearing shorts in the middle mm-hmm. of winter and Christmas Eve. And Frank comes up to him and he's like, what are you doing, man? Like, it's freezing out. Look at you. You're shivering. He's like, oh, I ain't shivering from being cold, Frank. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. It's just... Vic, I lost my job tonight. Fucking Santa, man. I don't know how to tell Sue. Christ, this is going to kill her. No, nah, man, she'll be all right. She loves you. Your kids love you. You'll be okay. You guys are solid. How would you know that? I see you over there, cooking out, tossing the ball with the boys. It's beautiful. You guys are like a Norman Rockwell painting. You want a bumper ski? Nah, nah, nah. Hey, where's all your guests? Oh, Christmas is for family, Frank. I'm for the other 364 days of the year. I'm uh, gonna go inside. Hey, Vic. Um. Would you like to join us? Uh, yeah, I could seriously dig that, Frank. There's also the, oh my gosh, I can't remember the character's name, the old Jewish man from World War II. The uh, Nazi! That they think is a Nazi. <laughs> they call him a Nazi. Um, he has a number tattooed on his arm, and they think right. that's how many people he killed in the war. <laughs> this is what I love about shows with little kids, though, and I... <laughs> And I have to talk to people about this when we talk about like processing childhood trauma is that like kids explain things to themselves that like if they had asked anybody, yeah, that's a good any point. Any adult, an uh. adult could have explained what that was, but instead, there's this whole mythos around the Nazi who lives down the street. It's just really funny. Kids are so. They they build this imaginary imaginary world. That's a that's a good point. I never really thought about that. I like that. Um, and they definitely do that to this character on more than one occasion because then he, then they see the star of David and they think he's a Satan worshiper because he thinks it's a pentagram. All right. <laughs> it's just like oh my god. So this poor old man who is a Holocaust survivor uh is who is so nice yeah he's just this super sweet old man who just wants nothing to do than help people yeah and i mean you know i'll put on my counselor voice and you know hurt people hurt people (laughs) you heard it here folks that's that's a a free mental health counselor free mental health counseling it's true though i mean like most people who hurt people have been hurt and Mm -hmm. and that's that's part of this show Though we've talked about a lot of the really funny things, 
what struck me in the beginning was that it can be so intensely serious and it really takes on some very serious topics of like, you know, child abuse and racism and sexism and all that kind of stuff. And like, it's, uh, it's not afraid to go there. No, not at all. With some things. And I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, it grows on you. <laughs> what would you say as a mental health counselor? What is, um, what is the, what is the thing that would like help this family the most? What would be, what would be your interpretation of that? <laughs> I mean, what would help and what would actually happen? Yeah. No, I mean, Frank needs to process his trauma from Korea <laughs> like, so importantly because he is passing it on. Like we talk about generational trauma and like he has obviously inherited a lot of trauma from his family because more than likely his dad fought in a war. Um, you know, he talks about part of the reason he joined the military was because his, it was a kind of a tradition in his family, I guess. And I mean, in order to address that, he would have to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, which is just something that like Frank's not capable of because, and, and he's not capable of it because nobody taught him how, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, this is definitely an era of, like, boys are not allowed to have emotions. Um, can't be a pansy. Can't be a bitch. Like, you have to be a man. Because that's sometimes a man has to do what a man does. <laughs> What's really funny, actually, I am so I almost forgot. I, I had to tell you this. Uh, I said that once to you, or at least in front of you, at one of our beach home trips. I swear to God, I said that. Sometimes a man's got to do... What a man does, which is a line from the Colt Luger TV show inside this TV show. And I remember you looked at me and you said, what did you just say? <laughs> and I was like, that's from the show I started watching. Uh, it all it all comes back. Yeah. Um, but That's um, so funny. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You were yeah. just like, you were like, what was that from? And I was like, ah, don't worry about it. But um, I'm sorry. I cut you off. So yeah, so he would definitely, I agree a million percent. It's the, the men don't talk about their feelings warning label um and little by little that's that's going away um i interesting on that note too i've seen other movies and tv shows starting to introduce that idea as well because i feel like that could be very helpful um sure for a lot of men out there to say it's okay to yeah it's okay to you know it's okay to talk about your feelings it's it's okay it's it, it's it's good for you. It's healthy, um, and 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 highly recommended and and suggested. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's one of the things is like, especially with I don't know what generation we're on mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah, this is me being really old. Mm -hmm. But like the, the like two generations down for me, or like the generation after me, are talking about being in therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're more open to being on medication and going to therapy and like this is becoming a norm for people, which is great because for the longest time, if somebody was in therapy, it was like, Oh, you must be fucked, you know? And so, I mean, it's great for me yeah. <laughs> in the right field, but, but also like it's, it's really good, but I still get a lot of, a large part of my practice is, is working with men specifically and specifically older men Interesting. and um <laughs> i work with anger issues <laughs> partially like part of what i do is with anger issues and so it's very interesting <laughs> that's like a large portion of what i get but um but helping a lot of it is just helping men learn how to talk about their emotions in a productive way hmm. um because okay therapy second mm -hmm. so like anger is the most accessible emotion a lot of times. And it's like, I am feeling a thing. I'm going to grab this because it's the easiest thing for me to express. Right. And we see Frank do that all the time. Like if you look at the points where he explodes, like he's not usually the anger is, is, is an expression of frustration or embarrassment or disappointment mm -hmm. or, you know, a million other things that could be more nuanced, but he's just like have hammer will hit thing. It, yeah. And, and that, that's what we see a lot when we, when I do therapy with clients who come in because mostly they're coming in because like some family members, like you need to be in counseling and they're like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just mad. And it's like, well, there are a lot of other things too. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's just I the bet, start. I bet you have a chewy nougat center just like everybody. 
And that's what we find out about Frank too, is like, as this show goes on, what endears us to us is that endears him to us is that we're seeing his chewing nougat center instead of his hard candy show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The humanity slowly seeps out of him. Very, yeah. very slowly. Very slowly. Molasses slow. But and it, then he shuts the gates again. Yep. And he starts all over again. <laughs> and that, he's, yep. That boulder goes right back to the bottom of the hill and we start all over again. It's very true. <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of do like a, like a, if you like this, sh- like if you like these three shows, you might like this, but I don't, Maybe you can help me. I don't know. I can't think like of... Like, what else might be like this? Like, yeah. if you like this for family, you might like... Bam, yeah. Bam, bam. It's like the Amazon review. Like, if you like if you like Gatorade, you might also like Powerade. You know? So it's like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. If you I, like F is for family, you might like... Yeah. Like, if you like... Uh, professional wrestling and... <laughs> um... Beer commercials. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really I, know either. There's nothing quite like it. I mm-hmm. will give it that. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, there is, really isn't a whole lot out there. At least nothing that I've been exposed to. So same. I mean, it's definitely. I would say, like, if you're into adult humor, if you're into cartoons, um, but again, all adult-oriented cartoons, it's worth it. A uh, dark humor. Um, yeah, I would say if any of that sounds uh, appealing, uh, check out F is for Family. But um... no, it's great. I, I I really appreciate you requesting that I watch this because it it is such a counterpoint to everything that I usually enjoy, and and it it uh, forced me to look at something in a different perspective. And I really appreciated that. That was yeah, cool. Thinkative. Do you think would you have ever would you have ever watched it without this little experiment without this? <laughs> I think I would have stopped after the first episode. Obviously. Okay, all right, there it is. So I the this the secret formula is get asked to be on a podcast and then you'll watch the show. I guess right, that's, that's right. it. So, but it, it is worth it. It is definitely worth it. Don't stop at the first episode. Keep going. Keep watching. All right, you heard it. You heard it from <laughs> Zeke, mental health counselor. Don't stop at the first episode. Keep going. Um. Well, um, I guess I guess that's it. We um, our next episode we are gonna we're gonna talk about Schitt's Creek, which is the opposite of this. <laughs> Another family TV show, but one that does make you feel happy when the credits roll. Um, thank you, Zeke. Thank you for being here with us today. And um, oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody listening at home, and uh, as for family, and we'll see you next time. And then, then he laid down on top of her and they wrestled. I think he won, but he's making noises like he's losing. And then a man on a surfboard asked me if I was tired of the same old toothpaste. Then a talking dog told me to help stomp out childhood rickets. And a Luger man came back and he said, here's seeds from next week. They showed them seeds. That's pretty good. And one of them is punching a lady man. Then a suit-word man came on to say there's some big fire in the woods somewhere. That there be film of it at 11. That film was pretty good.